0: Hey everyone, we are back with another episode of Relational Leadership. We try to bring you weekly tidbits that you can use throughout your day, through your life, whether you are the head um, of a Fortune 500 company or just running a household. We want to make sure that we bring you something of value, and which goes in with our topic, but before that... I'm going to introduce myself, Stephanie Clements, and...
1: I am Sean Dolly, Stephanie's junior co-host. She's the one that runs the show around here, but she's already kind of given a bit of a hint. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can add value into that relationship. And given that it's a show primarily primarily geared towards professionals, especially how you can bring value to what it is that you do for the people for whom you do it.
0: Right. So, you know... Relationships are built on a give and take. Mm-hmm. And um, we've all been in relationships, whether that's a personal or a professional, where it seems like you give and give, mm-hmm. but you kind of run dry because th- nobody's giving back. So those aren't relationships that tend to work in the long run. No, correct. So I um, want to just work on the fact that, you know, whether it's a client, whether it's a coworker. Um, whether it's your employee, whether it's your boss, whether it's your wife or husband, you know, it has to go back and forth, and we have to be constantly adding value. Nobody wants somebody who you have to sit there and ask, what do you add to this relationship? You know, if I can do all of this without you, I don't need you. Yeah,
1: if somebody ever poses the question, you know, what of value do you bring here? I can assure you that person already has thought this through and has probably decided not much. Right. The fact that they even pose the question tells you kind of where their mind and heart is on that.
0: Right. So, you know, we want to make sure that... um, Bring us our chat open here, too. Uh, that, That we have some ideas of how you can add value in your workplace and to your clients and then tell you a few stories about, you know, when and if we may have had those experiences that either somebody added value or didn't.
1: Yeah. You know, at some point in your professional journey, you may arrive at a stage where you are now in a position where you get to hire people, whether you are hiring for your own company or you work at a place and you've been entrusted with that responsibility to sit on a board or be the person making that hiring decision. And I I can vividly remember the first handful of times I was asked to do that because, you know, you go through, you know, K through 12, maybe college, and you're always geared towards how do I impress somebody to bring me on board. And then when you reach that point later on in your career where suddenly you're on the other side of the table, I can assure you it did not go to my head. Like, oh, finally, I've got all the power. But it really made me appreciate that dynamic. And I think I've shared with you on the show previously that without any malice, I think early on, I found myself almost implicitly trying to hire the younger version of me. Yeah. Now, before people run away and think, what do you mean by that? You're only looking for, you know, you know uh, white males that fit these boxes. No, no, no. I'm, I, I was implicitly drawn to people that kind of thought like me, shared similar views, et cetera, et cetera, approached the job the same way. And at some point it dawned on me, you know what, I don't know that I would really benefit if I had a room full of little Shans running around. Correct, Because right. a lot of us would be redundant. And so I began to appreciate that, you know what, if there are other people who by nature or nurture just look at things differently than me, and they can get to the same destination but they take a different path, there's value in that. Absolutely. So I became much more mindful about finding value in people that were different.
0: Well, you know... Hopefully we all have our strengths, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we certainly all have our weaknesses. And it's important to bring in people who have strengths that you don't hold. Yeah. And so that could mean it's a totally different personality. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that they do things are totally different because obviously <laughs> that's not my ability. Yeah. And and so you have to get some of that Diversity and yeah. in, in those personalities and things like that. Um, you know, one of the things that I found, uh, I started my career as a dental hygienist, and I didn't have to go out and find my clientele. Oh yeah, right. You know, they were coming to me, and I mean, you know, obviously you want to, even in that you would you need to add value. And they need to like you and feel comfortable and you're teaching them and you're, you know, cleaning teeth and things like that. But I really hadn't, I didn't think about it at all in that way, Um, you know, in that mindset. Sure. But um, eventually I ended up in a sales role where I had to go out cold calling. And it is, it was in an industry that is, you know, there are lots of people doing the same, same Mm -hmm. thing. Right. So at some point I've got to, you know, differentiate myself. Okay. I can give you a little lower price, but you know, then you get into the race to the bottom. Absolutely. And so there has to be something more than just price. And so, you know, I had to really begin to think out of the box to bring other ways of ways of doing it, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things, you know, some of the people clientele that I called on were restaurants. And when I did that, I started hosting networking events at those who were my clients. And so I was bringing in a crowd of people to their restaurant. So that was something that I could do that maybe my competitor wasn't doing. Yeah. So that I was bringing them extra business. Yeah. Um, I also started trying to do marketing on social media for people who were my clients. Okay. And bringing the you know so, so I was able to add value that they could say just because somebody could come in and cut a price mm-hmm. a little bit, mm-hmm. it didn't include all the other benefits that they received.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: so you know by adding value, you add loyalty mm-hmm. to yourself in that.
1: And you know, given that the macro title of our podcast is relational leadership. Most assuredly, there are certain tangible and objective things that we are going to weigh when we're looking to buy a product, whether it's a good or a service, right? Sure. Uh, how much does it cost, <laughs> right? What is the quantity that I'm purchasing? I mean, certain things can be boiled down to a math problem. Right. If these two commodities are priced differently, it's, it's a no-brainer. Sure. But oftentimes, you know, given that we live in such a service-dominated society a lot of the value is going to be intangible. It's going to be those things that are really hard to quantify, but through positive experiences end up having some amount of monetizable value. I don't pretend like I know what the calculation is, but, you know, to say, well, you know, uh, roofers are roofers are roofers. Well, I guarantee you, you find three people who've had a roof put on their house, and you'll get three different experiences. And so even though, well, they're all just, they're shingles, you know, they, they use the same processes, I mean... There's going to be differentiations in there. Right. And it's going to be those intangibles. And so I think for a lot of, uh, you know, I guess if I can get on my soapbox and preach, (laughs) if there's any any younger people listening, it's uh, don't pass up opportunities as you're padding your resume with objective credentials to overlook the development of those so-called soft skills because that might be where you end up winning
0: in the margin on the long run. So, yeah, the soft skills... um... You know, I I recently reviewed over my resume and and had to really start thinking about what would I put under those soft skills. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there's not not generally a space, but you know, making connections between people, you know, is one of my soft skills. But you know, there's no there's no degree out That's there right. or anything like that on on anything like that. But it adds value to my clients whenever I'm, I'm dealing with them. So, you know, ways that you can do that, as I mentioned, you know, even if it's just sharing something on social media for somebody, you know, for a customer. And, um, you know, I know one of the ways that I even got in with some of the people I was trying to call on was to start sharing Their social media. Okay. I was already helping them before they ever met me, Mm -hmm. and so I knew I wanted to get in and do that. And so they had started thanking me for sharing, and then that opened up the conversation to get to go. So it was not a cold call, Mm -hmm. or you know, a lot of times it's hard to find decision makers. You know, they're they're (laughs) not necessarily in in the spot when you need them to be there, and so. You know, it made that decision-maker aware of me yeah. ahead of time.
1: Yeah. So,
0: you know, being of service, finding out how you can help them, and that doesn't just go for, you know, clients. It could be, you know, your coworkers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when they know that you're willing to help, you know, it's going to create a better environment
1: yeah. at work. Yeah. So, you know, imagine this scenario, and I'll just – pull out of the tribe from which I came, which is like, say, Air Force pilots. You might have two guys that are sitting side by side in the mission ready room. And let's just paint this picture of these two hypothetical creatures. They both have undergrads in aeronautical engineering. They both went to pilot training at Columbus Air Force Base, Mississippi. They both have 1,500 hours in the airplane. On paper, their resumes will look like you can hold them up to a light. They're identical. However, there's the one guy that when he walks into a room, it just puts a gray cloud over the Mm -hmm. whole place. And then there's the other guy when he walks into a room, within five minutes, people are, you know, happy and laughing. Boy, that sure is hard to capture on a resume, right? But, you know, over the long run, things like that matter. Absolutely. They they matter big time because things like that will either positively or negatively impact the culture because it impacts the relationships. Right. And again, I I know I sound preachy here today a little more than usual. Uh, For people that are in like the first third of their career, I I cannot emphasize that enough. Don't pass up the low-hanging fruit. There are things that will propel your career more so than continuing to build bullet points on your resume. Those things matter. Yeah. Right? Those things do matter. But for the long game, the, the, the bigger... Strategic bang for the buck is to add that value in those intangible ways. Right,
0: right. So now, um, you know, and that, that goes for even competitors, you know, showing respect for your competitors, even though, you know, you're after the same people and you may not even really like them, but being very cautious because in a world where things change all the time, um, you never know when that competitor is going to be <laughs> going to be your boss, or that you're going to have to work together, or whatever. Right. You know, that's right, that's right. And so you just you know you you always want to be mindful of that. But you know, I can I can sit there and look at you know relationships, and again, we can go into personal relationships. Um, you know, some of the value may be minimal in the sense that you know, if you're married, you know, your value may be that you're you're bringing home the money, but even though you're not maybe contributing everything else to the relationship, you're bringing something of value. The more that you bring, you know, obviously it strengthens the relationship. If one day, you know, your wife comes in and you've decided you're not going to work anymore and you're sitting around and... You know, watching trash TV and leaving your food and your dishes, and all of a sudden, hey, you you know, like,
1: I shared these things with you <laughs> privately, Stephanie. There's no reason. I, for
0: that. Well, your <laughs> wife wanted me to say, um, <laughs> "What are you bringing of value in yeah, yes, You yeah, know, right. yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, you know, all of a sudden, they have to assess. You're detracting. You're taking more out of my life than you are adding. To it, and yeah. you can only do that for so long, yeah. And so, um, but you know, some ways that you can do, you know, corresponding ways to serve the people around you, whether it's your clients, whether it's your boss, whether it's your employees, mm-hmm. because you know we should approach leadership as a way to serve. Absolutely. And so, um, but you know, maybe it is just being positive, sharing. Um, positive collaboration stories, you know, celebrating the wins of those around you that, you know, you're an encourager. So yeah. that that builds them up if, when it's over with. you know, oh, So yeah.
1: And, you know, at any given point, by definition, we are all the sum total of the life we had led, which includes the people that have come and gone. Right. And somebody can be 30 or 40 or 50 years old and even if you are doing it for altruistic reasons, you're not, you're not trying to manipulate them with some sort of emotional head game, like, I'm going to do them a favor so I can somehow seek yeah, the cause to me. them. Right, right. If you're doing it for the right reasons, that may evoke in them a fond memory of that favorite coach they had when they were in seventh and eighth grade right. middle school. And so, you know, the little things we do like that can tend to have a bigger impact that we might appreciate. Now, the flip side is, um, let's say that somebody came out of a household where a mom or a dad was, you know, perhaps, um, you know, let's just use the word abusive, you know, verbally, physically, what have you. Uh, and, and as a kid, you used to like look to see what they look like getting out of the car, like praying, like, oh my gosh, I hope dad didn't have a bad day. Right. Because if he did, all hell's going to break loose and I got to walk on eggshells. Well, if that person is now a colleague of yours and you come in and sometimes, well, I've had a bad day, so I'm going to be moody, unbeknownst to you, you are, I hate using the word, triggering <laughs> some some fairly powerful and deep-seated emotions. So again, I guess uh, maybe the takeaway, and it, I was slow to figure this out, is that sometimes the littlest things that we do, whether we intend them to have an outsized impact or not, mm-hmm do because the person observing that behavior has lived a different life than you, and you just don't know, for good or bad, what your words and deeds will mean to that person.
0: Absolutely. You know, I've got a story on that because um, my daughter works in a pharmacy, and there is an older lady that comes in, and she's talked about it and has been in there for years, even before my daughter worked there, that everybody has dreaded this woman coming in because she is just mean and demanding and impatient and and of course everybody's short-staffed well my daughter took it on herself to decide that she was just gonna be overly nice to this woman okay and so when she approached she immediately recognized her and so she said you know hi mrs so-and-so and and the woman said you know my name she goes Yes, ma'am, you know. <laughs> and, of course, everybody knows your name, you know, yeah, we yeah, all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not for reasons we like. But she yeah. <laughs> took time with her and then kind of babied her a little bit. in the pro- Now, of course, she loves my daughter. That's the only one that she wants to do. But she okay. comes in so happy and mm-hmm. nice now mm-hmm. just because, I mean, you know, it's a woman who didn't understand sometimes, you know, she can only take, she can only get certain amounts of her medication, per, you know, at a time because she mm-hmm. doesn't have enough money for the whole month, and so mm-hmm. she'll be like, "No, I need to," you know. So there's always some work figuring out how many of her medication she's going to be able to get right. this time. So it's it just takes a little bit longer, yeah. um, and so it frustrated her also. Mm-hmm. And she could feel the frustration. And so now, just that little bit of extra time, she is so willing to just sit and wait. And she's like, oh, just take your time, you know, whenever you can. So in a different
1: parallel universe where your daughter hadn't made that kind overture, uh, I don't know this to be true, but it's possible that that lady who sounds like she might be a tad cantankerous, <laughs> yeah. would probably talk to the other ladies which she associates with, like, oh, you know, every time I go to that drugstore, and horrible, they treat me like, you know, the pharmacist. Right, okay. right. Okay, and then the co-workers have always had to kind of deal with that. So through no fault of their own, you know, the lady comes in, there's a nasty exchange, and we know that a nasty exchange has some legs to it. It's sure. not like when that sure. person turns around and walks out, you flip a switch and you're back to happy-go-lucky. Right. So because of that relatively small gesture on your daughter's part. The customer's happy. The coworkers are happy. The boss is probably happier. And yet, when your daughter leaves, how do you capture that in a position description, right? So again, it goes back to those intangibles. And yet, you know, if if you see that, you know, my gosh, there is some significant value in this. There's there's more value than you can probably quantify.
0: Well, it's, you know... The fact is, it's easier to retain a client, you know, yeah. it's, it's difficult, you know, there's a certain amount of work to gain a new client. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more work to gain one back that's mm-hmm. been unhappy. Okay. Yeah. And then the effects of those unhappy customers, and, you know, this lady probably isn't on social media and doing those things, but, you know, the majority, because she's, you know, A little bit older than the social Mm -hmm. media age. But the majority of these people, when they aren't happy, are going to get out and share their experience. Yeah. You know, people are slow to share their good experiences, (laughs) but they're really quick to virally spread their bad experience.
1: Yeah. It's like what I always call the Shoney's phenomenon. If if your job is at the corporate Shoney's office to read comment cards that they leave on the table, if that's all you knew, you would assume that ninety-five percent of the people that go to Shoney's oh, right. are horrible, right? Because
0: you're getting <laughs> Hate it here, yeah.
1: And I think it's true as a general rule that even though most people would tell you that they are honest, my experience has been that when somebody has had an unpleasant experience somewhere, they might not outright fabricate material, but it tends their narrative tends to be a little more hyperbolic, right? right. You know, they, right. I mean, and so if you've got that bad customer interaction, even if she's not uh, snapping and uh, xing, I think it's now called versus, you know, Twittering, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she probably has a circle of people. Right. That could be potential customers. And I'm sure that, you know, she might be regaling them with these awful tales of woe about going to this, you know, pharmacy. So again, uh, like to your point, Boy, it's just easier to keep somebody happy, right? right? Without ever sacrificing your integrity. And
0: things sure, like that. you know, I mean, some people you're never going to make happy, but right. absolutely, um, you know, being kind and, like I said, just sharing, even being positive, being, you know, telling a joke, smiling, you know, those are easy ways to just enc- or You know, saying, you know, giving a compliment. Yeah, you know, those are easy ways to encourage the people around you. That will help in the long run. You know, they see you; they want to see you come in. And um, you know, when I did cold calling, and you know, it's hard to believe, but it's not something I I love. Oh
1: god, <laughs> I, I, I mean, to me especially, that just is, sounds yes. horrible. It Sounds But awful.
0: You know, I—I <laughs> I was never. I've never been pushy in sales, and. Somebody had asked me if I was some sort of bulldog, you know, in sales, and I was like, no, I'm more like the, more like a butterfly that keeps landing on you, and you're kind of like, <laughs> you know, start. It, it could be a little annoying, but you're also like, well, but it it's nice, I mean, it's, oh, you know, yeah, it's okay, kind of cool, okay, so, yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, no, I'm just like the bat- butterfly that keeps flying around you, yeah, until <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you finally are like, fine, I'll sign <laughs> <laughs> So, not a fly, you know, because that's just completely annoying. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, no, the butterfly you don't mind, but it can also be. (laughs) But, um, but no. So, when you're doing those things, when you're when you're adding value, um, how do you, as a leader, add value to your your employees? Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um. So you know. I, I made that transition at some point where, to use an analogy that most people can relate to, it was like shifting from quarterback to coach, right? So when I became, in the Air Force, a commander, and then later in the corporate world as an executive, you know, you, you get several layers removed from, right. from, the, from the field, you know, to keep the analogy going. And I I wondered if I was going to struggle with that. Right. Because part of me was like, man, I kind of came up, you know, when I look, when it's... Uh, down by a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, I kind of want the ball in my hands, right? Right, I just, but, but then when I made that transition to the sidelines, like as a commander slash coach, what I recognized was that the value that I bring as a leader is not throwing or catching the pass myself, but doing what I can to set the conditions so that people with weaknesses have those covered over by the strengths of others and vice versa and just simply providing them enough direction and the necessary resources to let them go, do what they do best. It really required me to resist the urge to micromanage, mm-hmm. especially when you see somebody like doing it different. And I just had to remind myself, okay, again, my value is to sit up here at 30,000 feet, the skybox where I can see the whole field right. and provide enough parameters and guidance, but then let them go. The second that I start getting my hands in the huddle, and, and trying to do both jobs, uh, that typically is when it began to fall apart.
0: Sure. Well, some of the ways that I've seen, you know, that leaders add value, one, like you said, you know, training, making sure that your people are trained and educated enough on on the things around them, that they stay up to date on those, so that they can do their job most effectively. Yeah. Um, you know, another way is really talking, giving positive and and negative feedback in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you don't just want to be known for somebody who calls you in every time something goes wrong. Yeah. Those accolades go a long way. And being a leader who is willing to recognize when your team, you know, as a whole or as a, a member has done something yeah. well and... Praising them, you will you know the amount of you know loyalty and yeah. um, pride to be part of that team will increase incredibly. Yeah. Uh,
1: at the risk of being overly alliterative, I think that reprimand without a relationship results in rebellion. Mm-hmm. If there is not a relationship built around something other than, well, it's been ninety days, time to bring you into the office to take a pound of flesh out of your backside. That gets kind of old sure, quick. Sure. Sure. And again, you don't want to be f- engaging in flattery, like, right? You don't want to be trying to like make up compliments to extend to people. But like when I was in the Air Force, um, you know, we were deployed overseas, and we had formal recognition programs. You know, the Air Force, like you know, all the branches, is pretty structured about okay. Well, you know, here's the formula that generates you know the achievement medal, the commendation, sure, medal, and so sure. on. But like, I had a young man, it was his first deployment, he was doing a really good job. And um, so I had him, you know, we had to take into account the time zones, but I had him said, you, you call your mom and dad. Like, I want your voice to be the one they hear because the last thing a parent wants is to get a phone call, hi, is this Mrs. Johnson? Well, this is Johnny's commander. Like, you know, that'll right, give him a heart right, attack, right? Yeah. So uh, he got him on the phone. And to say, oh, my commander to talk to you, and I, I, I told them what was true. I said, "Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm his commander, and he has been doing a phenomenal job here. His crew has been leading the entire squadron in their mission effective rate. His attitude, despite the circumstances, is outstanding. I just wanted you all to know right. that you all raised an amazing young man. Yeah, I meant every word of it. I didn't do it for any diabolical reasons to somehow." sway people into my little cult, but rhetorically, I'll ask you, what do you think that one minute phone call meant to that young man, sure. to that to mother and father, you know, yeah. tax paying citizens who support the war effort? Um, and I thought that was 60 seconds of my life. Right. And, and, and how much did that mean? Right? And, and, and I say that as somebody who has all too often not done it, right. you know, who's like not done the, the easy stuff.
0: Well, you know, we've talked in the past about um, love languages and, and whatever. And and all of the love languages speak to us. Some are higher up than others. You know, we usually have one that's, you know, your top language and you or maybe two. But they all speak to us. So even if words of affirmation aren't your top priority, mm-hmm. we still all like to hear that we've done a sure. good job. Sure. And, um, you know, and for some people, it's really important. You yeah. know, I'm. Um, Suits is a show that I think was out a long time ago because, um, but I didn't know about it, but it has kind of hit big now. Okay. Um, and the reason I say it had to obviously been before is that I realized it's Meghan Markle in the... Oh, um, oh but, you know, to, so yeah. I don't think she's able to be the actress and um and that and be the princess, but maybe her, not, her, uh, you know, and go on her worldwide privacy tour, right? So, <laughs> um, anyway, not a fan, but the um, but the show is really, really good and really does show different. Um, you know, Lewis on this show is words of affirmation are a hundred percent his okay. top. So they have all learned how to keep him happy and yeah, feeling good yeah. and working at his best. And, you know, can it be manipulation? Yes. Yeah. But it, if it keeps people happy because <laughs> you recognize that and, and, yeah. and just – it's just – it's small things to get to build them up. Yeah. And yeah. so um, – so that, as a leader, is definitely one of those ways that you can sure. give, give back and add value to your team.
1: Yeah. And, you know, to your point about, you know, uh, is it or is it not somewhat manipulative? I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to your motivations. I know that not everybody agrees with, uh, like, you know, spanking, you know, children. But um, I spanked my kids a couple of times. But I think it was also the, the ever-present threat that the spanking could happen right, that, that right. caused me to never really have to spank them. right. But whether you do or don't, I think we can appreciate the difference between a father disciplining a child because the child had done something egregious versus a father like, well, I had a bad day at work.
0: And just my boss
1: bullied me. And now because I'm upset, I'm going to whip you. Like, okay, two different. Sure. From the outside observational perspective, it may look like the same action, both motivated by two completely different reasons, which makes one okay and one not. And, and, so, and
0: will result in two very different outcomes. Yeah, right, yeah. So, I, the
1: handful of times I was whipped growing up, I,
0: I, I knew i Oh, yeah, you know.
1: <laughs> I had written a check and my dad cashed it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: so um, you know, so, so there is, you know, obviously very different results in how things were approached. And, um, but as leaders, you know, we want to build the best team the happier our team is, mm-hmm. um, the better work they're going to do and the more loyal they're going to be. So, again, some of the ways to add value, make sure that they're trained. Make sure that you resolve conflict um, quickly. Don't let things fester in, in the office because that eats away at morale really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, being positive, come in, you know, it can be hard sometimes, you know, as leaders. We're going through some really tough times. Oh, yeah. But staying positive when you're in front of your team is super important. If you need to go in and say, guys, I've got to go in my office. I'm shutting the door. Don't disturb me. And, and you know, take it out in there. Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. But staying positive in front of your team means that, you know, they're ready to go down Yeah, on the ship with yeah. you. Yeah,
1: that's right. You're, you look people will forgive you for being human, right? Yeah, when you say, absolutely. look, I, I need to get inside. Now, what, what they will tend to remember longer is if you lose your mind and you just have like some huge outburst, you know, and you really, right. so there's, if, if you feel your temperature rising, uh, you know, find a productive, quiet, private way to deal with that. And that's okay, people understand that. But to your point about being positive, I think of like the office episode uh, where there was some bad news coming. As a general rule, it is really hard for an organization to be more optimistic than the leader, and it doesn't mean that the leader needs to be Pollyannish or blindly naive. Right. But there was a scene. So Michael Scott comes out, and after he says into the camera, "So it's time for me to be their leader and just put on a brave face," and he goes out and says to the whole office, "It is over, people." We are screwed, and then like that. (laughs) Then from that point forward, all you know everything falls apart, right? So yes, uh, as as one of the things that you can do as a leader is goodness gracious, don't be chicken little. Yeah, (laughs)
0: because you just kind of set the ceiling, right? uh, Right. The morale. So, um, well, we are running out of time, but I hope that this gave you some ideas on how to add value, whether it's to your clients, to your coworkers, to your boss, to your employees. And um, we look forward to being back again next week with another topic. If you did get some value out of this, if we added value to your day, we would love for you to share it. Um, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, uh, on Amazon, and then YouTube. And check our channel out on Uh, Facebook so lots of places to find us and would love for you to share it and and again follow
1: and if I did not add value there are no refunds (laughs) but (laughs) this topic is one where somebody had submitted it so if there is something that you would like Stephanie and I to banter about anything that fits even broadly under the category of leadership please shoot it to us Uh, we tend to get some good material from the input and suggestions of the audience so please keep that coming
0: absolutely Thanks, guys. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Take care.